This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, the podcast about the glory and grossness of unrequited love. My guest today is the fabulous actor, director, singer, choreographer, and BSc Oms in psychology, Mina Anwar. Hello, Hi, Mina. I love that. That's I've never heard it like that as an introduction. But <laughs> I'm hoping your degree in psychology will help us to analyse. I hope your so. Yeah. Well, you never know. It certainly made me analyse myself yesterday, thinking about my crushes in the past. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on then. What have you come up with? My first proper crush was on. <laughs> so I was thinking about it, thinking, God, I hope they like don't listen and then I'll get away with stuff. Um was on my geography teacher actually at school at um I went to Moorhead High School in Accrington. I'm from Accrington oh, in Lancashire. And he was he looked like Magnum. PI, that's why. But he was like ginger hair. A ginger magnum. Because like, I had a little bit of a Tom Selleck like crush as well. So was it a big thick ginger moustache? Well it, in Looking back at it now, it probably was not quite as big as I was very small, obviously. <laughs> not like that. It was so in perspective. Size, yeah, the size of you. <laughs> size of me and size of moustache. But then so did Tom Selleck. I think Tom Selleck's looked like ridiculously enormous, but he was very beautiful. Um, he does look enormous, doesn't he? He sort of looks like he's made of a cliff or something. <laughs> like he's so Side of a house. Huge. Yeah, he was like massive. But he, because he was like the, the, he did football and sports. Uh, Tom Selleck or? No, the geography teacher. What, so what's your geography teacher called? Uh, I'm allowed to say. Uh, we his can name is, later if you. Well, he's a very ordinary name. Colin. Simpkins, Mr. Simpkins. Colin Simpkins, that yeah. could not be more sitcom. He couldn't, and that's true. <laughs> and he, like, you know, my dog teacher looked like Tom Selleck. That's just got everything there. There's <laughs> there's a pitch right there. Yeah. Um, and the small Asian girl having a crush on him. Hiding in a, his a working class, you know, Lancashire comprehensive school. There, That's got everything made for it, sitcom. Yeah. But he was like, he was so brilliant at teaching as well. He was just a brilliant, like, just one of these teachers. You know when you have teachers that, you think I have always been your champions. And what people didn't know about me, because I was very academic at school, very serious, and uh, I didn't really crack a joke until I was about 17, you know, because I didn't really... I was took everything very seriously. Mm. Um, but I, I've been singing since I was, like, three. So all I ever wanted to do was tell stories through song and do science. That's literally all I ever wanted to do, really. So I wanted that's to an be... interesting combination, though, yeah. isn't it? The sort of... You don't get many show-off scientists. No, I mean, there are some. There aren't. Well, yeah, I suppose Montessori, she was, like, quite oh, like yeah. an elaborate. Yes. And I do, remember in my psychology degree doing a... One of my pieces, one of my talks was about her because she was really into how, you know, art 
helps us to understand the world and that maths used in a more functional way can help you to navigate your life more than, you know, doing... So she used to do it on... To, to do with how you count things, how you look at things in life maths, rather than, you know, doing sums and things. Mm. So she was pretty fabulous, actually. Yeah. So back to my singing story, is that she, he used to literally come and see me sing. So how old were you at this point when he was Well, I went you? to Compensa when I was at 11 mm-hmm. in Accrington, um, and he was my geography teacher, I think, from, like, 12, 13. So he, Mr Simpkins used to... He was quite surprised that I sang as well as... That I was like really you into could science. Do it all. And you were a, at, at least, least a double all. threat. Yeah, at least a double <laughs> threat. And then after that, I did actually train in contemporary dance. So I did become a little bit of a. But did he teach all-rounder. you? Did he teach you PE as well as geography? No, he was okay. just geography because I think he used to do like the football and stuff with the lads. And but I remember him hearing me sing once and just saying, "Why wow, you? I didn't know you could do that." And then he said, "Yeah, you're really good at all this academic stuff, but I think you're going to." You should do something with wow. that. Wow. And because you it was quite extraordinary. Your crush led you to go into this yeah. career. <laughs> and he really helped because me. Because Mr Simpkins told you to. Well, that's it. I know that. I think it was a lot to do with the fact that he he helped me understand that there was there was an, a bit of expression in me that I wasn't actually letting out uh, because I didn't really have that. And coming from a kind of, I suppose, a, a more of a Muslim background, that those types of things, are, they're not necessarily encouraged. So... But I, we were doing them as kids. I mean, I've got, like, five sisters and two brothers and we used to have little bands. And my brother Ponchos was, like, self-taught and, guitar. Yeah. And I used to, like, write lyrics, Rupert Brooke lyrics, to tunes he'd, he'd put together. It's like poetry. Or I'd just learn, like, Cocteau Twins songs and try to sing, like, Elizabeth Fraser. It was just really quite, like, looking at whose voices I loved. Yeah. And then trying to find an outlet to how they expressed, how they told stories, actually. And he gave you permission? Permission or just helped me navigate navigate that I had, a, like, an artistic path that I hadn't couldn't realise because I was just, like, doing my maths, doing my science, doing English lit, really interested in words and lyrics. But I didn't know that my singing was, was quite... A, brilliant in that way yeah and also it's not just about being brilliant it's also about knowing that that could take you somewhere it's not yeah. you know that that's an option that there's yeah something and there wasn't any future yeah no you could use that. that well exactly because second generation working class you know come from a immigrant family understanding that maybe there is there was quite an unusual career path to be taken that you could do as a living I mean, it sounds like you could have done anything. It sounds like you had the capacity to do yeah, that but... all. Do you, do you genuinely think that Mr Simpkins... I mean, you haven't really sort of said how you felt about Mr Simpkins. Well, how felt it? Like, what, well, did, he I, do, I, what did he give you that other people weren't? I think weren't? he gave me space to be myself, mm-hmm. a space to know that I was like... You know, because he knew that I was quite a serious child, I think. But he, like, allowed me to be more slightly quirky and because I had this mad crush on him so you know you have that kind of mad flirty thing yeah that he, when you I, say flirty what were you when I say flirty yeah. I think at school when you've been flirty all you do is then just make like jibes at people like kids like if you've got a, a, like a crush on someone you just attack them you know and I think in it's class it's hard to do with a teacher yeah. isn't it well in class and I'd just be really sassy 
that wow. I was not being sassy. And I just thought, like, it was, like, not me, really. Because I didn't have a lot of confidence in that. So I had confidence in what I did. Like, I was in the debating team. And and uh, the girl who went to... Me and uh, Julie Hesmond-Hodge, we went to school together. No so way. we have known each other since we were, like, six. And we grew up on the... And, like, she lived up the hill for me. Uh, we're both from church in Lancashire, near Accrington. So she was in different classes to me. But we were, like... She became the head teacher, the head uh, like the the head girl, but we were like in a little competition together. But she, I think he just allowed me to kind of be like move forward in a more confident way, but also navigate quite kind of anxieties of being a teenager as well. Because I didn't really know how to talk to boys. I just wanted to do maths and science, so I just talked to boys about maths and science. But with him, I was quite like sassy in the class. Yeah. So what was it that gave you permission to do that? What did he do? Thinking back on it, that allowed you quite quirky and funny. Funny, yeah. But then he moved me to the back of the class one day because well, you have to. You still have to, me. Yeah. Come on, you still. And then I'd still throw like kind of yeah, (laughs) and I'd be like, he'd say something, and I'd be quite sarcastic. You know, in and he'd go, oh, you don't have to be so sarcastic, you know, because he he had a great sense of humour as well. So I think there's a little bit of my sense of humour that came out with someone who you want to have a, almost like a banter with. Yeah, which well, you don't have thing. with teachers. Yeah, exactly. It's a big. I mean, it's hard enough to find that with a friend actually yeah, that sort exactly. of connection where mm. you can really make each other laugh if that happens with a teacher who's like a grown-up with a big tash then exactly. that's you know <laughs> who look like on. tom Selleck. yeah yeah muscly legs i'm imagining and, <laughs> and got like yeah, yeah sometimes he'd like wear shorts which you know you just go oh, god that's just too much for a teenage girl isn't it at school when you say no i really want to drill down into this what were you <laughs> I was going to say, what were you feeling when you looked at his legs? I don't know if that's too specific. Like you're saying, I think you've really nailed the fact that crushes allow all of this identity and Mm. create that. But when you were a kid, presumably you didn't have that insight. No. You were just thinking, Mr... Is it Simpkins or yeah, Timkins? Yeah, Mr. Simpkins. Simpkins. I I should have maybe called him Mr. Timkins (laughs) so that he wouldn't know I was talking about. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like a bit like... It's like an obsession, really. You know, like, yeah. watch every episode of, like, Magnum or every episode of... Or every film with James Dean, because I was, like, completely obsessed with James Dean. Or Donny Osmond or people. And also, like, Bollywood films. I grew up on, with Bollywood films. And there's a there was such a beautiful actor called Dharminder, who was amazing. He played the lead in all this. He was stunning. He used to have his post And then you go down literally, like, a, a rabbit hole of these actors or yeah. these singers. And with him, I think, because I could see him... At school, when I oh, when we did, had double, double jump on your wall, like absolute delight, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> you where some people just going, oh my god, double yeah. geography, and I go, double geography, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you sexy. so much for that. But he also we had like a path between two buildings, and and sometimes I'd know what time he'd be walking the path, even though he didn't have geography that day. So I just time it. So I could meet him oh. in the middle of the path. Did you bump into him and drop your books? I d- drop, into, <laughs> drop my books, and that's not euphemism. But <laughs> I drop. I just go hi, hi, and he'd. And I think sometimes he'd kind of know. She's that, always. Yeah, she's I'm always here. here at this she's time. always here. She doesn't even. She's not even in today. <laughs> you know. And that was just quite delightful. But it was like a kind of frisson, knowing. And but then the flip side of that is the utter disappointment, and you feel so crushed, actually. Mm when they don't appear 
Or they're not there that day. Yes, because it feels like a rejection, yeah. even though it can't possibly be. It's just, you know, yeah. they have dental appointments or they're, exactly. you know... They're just uh, doing normal things. Yeah, and they are not, I mean, hopefully, thinking, well, I hope I'm up there. <laughs> well, you don't, well, I hope not. You, know, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. You know, because you some know. people, I suppose, you know, I don't know, we say that, I mean, it's not about, like, being inappropriate or anything. No. You know, no, you, you I'm get, sure, listen, they do have favourites, yeah, of course. I know, so you just get, like, favourite people who, like, kids that just deal with these students... And also, I suppose, in those kind of uh, seminal years of growing up and seeing children from 11 growing into adults at 16, you are so... Those teachers are so much a part of their journey as human beings going from, like, kids to adults. I think part of that, they have a duty of care to to try to... I think that's that's probably what... It was him, and then there was also... We had this amazing geography... uh, History teacher who just made history, like, alive... To me, I think that's why I loved it so much. That he just, you know, everything was like three dimensional. Mm. And he was just that as a human being as well. He was just such like a fabulous human. That I think, like, the, the, the crushed nature of them not knowing that you have such an obsession with yeah. seeing them. Yeah, I wonder if he did know. Like, do you, do you think that he'll have been like, she, I, could, I see the way she lights up? Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, because I, I don't know, I don't know if, um, you must do as a teacher think I've got to be careful here, you know. Yeah, because I mean, somebody's fear as well. It's... Like in the seventies, you know, seventies, <sighs> eighties. Yeah. Eighties was when I was at uh, in my comprehensive. Yeah, and we were like, it was working class comprehensive. We had every culture in there. You know, we had it was really good because you had, you know, I grew up in a in with the Asian families, and there was like white families, English families, and there's like Irish people, Jewish people. There's a Jewish girl in our class who, you know, who didn't have to come to assembly and I wouldn't now I don't think I would have had to go to assembly but I really loved something like I said because I could sing so she mm-hmm. could just stay in her room in one of the classrooms and um and the the other side of that is not understanding culture as much as they do now yeah like not understanding that you're not a vegetarian but you have to sit eat like halal food yeah so therefore it's not that every day when they have steak or meat that you have to queue up in the middle of the canteen waiting for fried eggs for instance so that has got its own kind of weird like way that people didn't understand culture yeah. and then all you think is god i have to stand here oh god so excluding it so really was all yeah. the muslims used to stand and the hindus as well like because they didn't eat like cows and stuff but now when i think about it now i think god you know that's really really ignorant about how people used to that was like in the 70s as well that you know it's like oh you know you can't eat that so therefore we'll just make a corridor and really highlight it's like putting a spotlight on all the muslims it's like really bizarre i only think about it now and think god that was just awful you know yeah i know the things that you just sort of accept as all this is what my school life i know it's bizarre but he was like going back to like those teachers Mm. I'm talking about crushing. It's so funny how you know because you get so obsessed. You get, I, I do get quite obsessed. I go down rabbit holes of things. Yeah. Oh my god. Like with the internet. Yeah. I mean, I'm pleased that the internet was wasn't around yeah, when exactly. I was growing up. Because then you had to had to put a poster up. Yeah. And then you, you, only had, to, you had the poster. Yeah. You had like a weekly magazine that would come out that might have yeah. your favourite person on it. But... but as much as I was like obsessed with like James Dean or the Minder or um, you know Rishi Kapoor, these like Bollywood and Hollywood actors. I also had, like, a mad obsession with Kate Bush since I was, like, nine years old. So I had everything she ever made. 
I used to want to sing like her because that was my, like, that was made to be like, God, I really want to sing like her. I want to move like her. I want to be as free as her. And then I had this VHS tape of the, her. Um, she did one live show, which was like a little tour. And it was 1979. She did this one. And I played that video. Did you play death. it so it went all fuzzy? Like it snapped. I've, I've and then it snapped. Of... And you just put cell tape on. And you had to make sure you take that clip out the back, you know, so no one oh, yeah, taped yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah, you didn't the, tape top of the, the pops over the top and then go, oh, my God, you just took over my Kate Bush. Bush yeah. Would you and have described that as a crush? I think so, like yeah. when you, But at the time, would you have done? No, I just thought I was obsessed. Yeah. Because uh, that's the thing, is that the, there's such a fine line between obsession and having a crush. You know, what is a crush? It's like a... Like an irrational obsession, maybe on on just pursuing that one yeah. goal, which is yeah obsession, isn't it? You know, and I and I can like I just recently watched that series Love Life, you know, with Anna Kendrick. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, no, I haven't it's seen it. It's quite brilliant. And there's a, a man who's just amazing in the last episode. Ben, his name is Ben, and he's really tall. He's absolutely beautiful. I thought, God, who's he? And then I went down like a complete rabbit hole looking what he's doing. And then I found that he's do, playing Bob Marley coming up in the new Barpick. And I thought, oh my God, that's amazing. So now I'm going, right, alerts for when that's, <laughs> when that's coming out. And then going, right, what else has been in? Now I just must watch everything he's been in. Because you just suddenly... And do you feel like it's the same thing? Like, do you think that you've learned the difference between, <laughs> between what you well the crushes that you had when you were a teenager yeah and the crushes that you have now what's the what's the difference they, between them i don't think there's i don't know what it is i don't i don't think there's a difference other than the fact that i like my partner dave we've been together like nearly 19 years and what i know is that that's like Really? That's the, the he's the love of my life and he's a musician and that's wonderful because even and I'm like a fan of his you know if oh, he goes so to nice. do like gigs and stuff he's a jazz musician he's an MD for theatre he's just brilliant he's just played with so many different bands and and to me he's like if he's doing a show I just go as a fan of his as well even though I get to like live you with him you get to and, go home yeah, with him at the end and of the night and it's just amazing <laughs> I mean, but that's I think I suppose the, the crushes are. I don't know, they're just, I just, I see something brilliant. And maybe it is the fact that they're brilliant what they do. Yeah. Or they make something come alive. Or you see them and there's something that sparks something quite kind of like otherworldly in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? I won't lie, I'm thinking nap. Or if I'm already getting a nap a longer nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but do you ever think about what you would do with it if you did have unlimited time? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to work out what's important and then prioritise it. Therapy can help you pin down what matters to you so you can do more of it. The therapy that I've done has been massively helpful with untangling my thoughts in order to make sense of them, so they're not just a clump of anxious screams sitting in my stomach. Therapy isn't about changing who you are as a person, but helping you to find coping strategies for the horrors our lives and our brains throw at us, and the healthier we are mentally, the better we feel physically. If therapy sounds like something you could use, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, so no travel time necessary. 
You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for an additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crush. That's betterhelp.com slash crush. But do you, so, so now it feels like what you're saying is now you understand you have your partner that you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but then did you think, not that you thought you were going to end up with James Dean because he was definitely off the table, but um, were, were there people that you were like, wanting to pursue that you were imagining a life with I think you probably anything. I probably was actually I was thinking yeah. not like with with Mr Simpkins, Simpkins. but actually <laughs> no, there I'm are quite pleased go, to hear that oh I think I'm like when you suddenly get into the industry and you go oh I think I might and if I bomb it down maybe they'll really like me and then then maybe we'll have a relationship you know yeah. there's things like that yeah did you have those on um uh, kids at school like with a kids, no well, I didn't you know the other with kids the people, in my class. real people who weren't teachers no. or celebrities no, no? Like just kids at school because <laughs> I just really didn't have any confidence when it came mm. to the reality like boys so therefore I just if if I was doing say for instance this is a bit sad I know so but if I was doing like science homework or something and I was quite brilliant at science that if I, if somebody wanted to talk to me about that and it was like a lad who I really liked something then I just continued to pursue them through this homework. Does that oh, make sense wow. to you? So I'd go, oh, do you remember that homework you wanted to do? You oh, know, God. Did you remember that Months question? later. Yeah, months later, I'm going... <laughs> do you remember... You know, do you remember when we did... Um, or then there's that kind of... Do you remember then there the was that kind of rivalry, table? you know, that kind of banter where you just want to talk. But I only did it through the prism of things I could talk about quite freely because my I didn't really... Couldn't talk about my... Strange, I ended up doing a BSc in psychology and becoming an actor because I think that's... That's what I wanted to learn is how to express myself. And I could only express myself through the subjects I was learning, right? I could, I didn't have any, what I consider emotional intelligence mm-hmm. then, which I do have now. And, and I like to think now, you know, at 50, nearly 53 years old, that I've become, you know, you've become of, of service to others by trying to, to share what you've learned, especially I've been in the, as an actor and a singer and a... And I started directing when I was fifty, as a just a someone who can share my journey through that. So like thirty-two years, nearly being in this one industry and loving it and understanding the craft of it, the art, but also just understanding that you know the game a bit more and sharing the pitfalls a little bit, but also trying to be in process. So I'm never a kind of result. No, you're not a... And I'm not that kind of director you're either. A, yeah. I'm always in a process. Yeah, well, I think that's really good to acknowledge that yeah. we're all work in progress. Exactly. You and know. I think the process is everything. You know, and, sp- and spiritually, you know, I I started reading lots of things at 15, like the Tao Te Ching or, you know, Jonathan Livingston. Suddenly I was being opened up to... It like literature, ways of looking at life in a much more less scientific way mm. and much more about what um, Steiner calls your higher infinity, which is, you know, looking at how all of those things together, your left and right brain firing together like Einstein, gives you your eureka moments. So I just like to think that I've kind of maybe I pursued melding those two things. Yeah. So I didn't get stuck in my analysis all the time. 
that I could just be vulnerable and live more right-brained and allow things to happen that I couldn't control. But and my tendencies want to go, oh, maybe I need to understand that, that why have I got this question on this person? Or just go, do you know what? Maybe that's just all right, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I don't know if your partner will be listening to this. Oh, uh, <laughs> but I don't know, like, how bothered would he be? Or, you know, if you're talking about getting developing crushes now and going down rabbit holes and whatever. I don't think he'd be bothered. No. You know, because I get, like... Because I think he... I think artists do that. They get com- obsessed with, like, practising. He's quite obsessed with practising at the moment. <gasps> so you're practising... Cr- Crushes. You're <laughs> this is like my you're practicing your feelings. Yeah. Well, he's pra- he's, practic- he's like doing piano practice a lot at the minute because he mm. wants to, like, imp- and he's an amazing player, but he's still like in process. So to me, if I just go, oh, I really like this. Oh, let's go and watch his film. He might not fully understand that it's because I've gone down like a Mark Ruffalo like you know path for like yeah, six months. Yeah, he's and yeah, I do get quite obsessed with Mark Ruffalo. I must say, <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I met him. I remember once meeting Steve Martin, who I also have a massive crush on. Did you work with him? Or? No, he was. We were when we were at drama school. We had we were there to do the fundraising because I went to Mountain View. We did some fundraising for the Globe when they were building it. And uh, they had all sorts of people come over to do, like, this kind of afternoon. We were, like, the ushers. And there was um, Anthony Quayle. He was quite stunning. Um, he was like, quite frail then, old. And Steve Martin rocked up, like, on the set. They do like, oh, well, thanks for being here. He had no clue why he was there. He had no idea <laughs> yeah, he, why he was there. He's been tipped off and a I was standing into this like, place. On, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. He just went, oh, just go to that marine over there and uh, just say something. Say, thanks for being here. Welcome. And he was just, like, a... Like I was, we were like the ushers at the below the stage, and uh, I just, and I just couldn't quite believe he was like there in reality. Yeah, because I used to love. I mean, God, I love Steve Martin so much, and just look at him thinking, why if he like, and then he looked down at me and just smiled. I thought, oh my God, I felt like like all my Christmases come together all at once, and then quite not quite knowing what to do yeah. after. I was going to say, did it make you stupid? Yeah, it made me very stupid. <laughs> They're very stupid. And like even Auntie Quayle, these people who you just like loved, especially at drama school, like came up to me and like touched my cheeks and went, hello. And then you just go, oh no, I don't know what to do. It's a bit like, it's a bit religious though, isn't it? It's a bit like sort of saints or, you know, it's a kind of, are you coming to heal me? Why? Yes. Why are you touching my face? Like, I don't know whether you get away with touching my face now, but. But I wonder if these people who are, you know, held up like this, don't know so much about Anthony Quayle, but like Steve Martin knows, must know the effect that he has on people. Yeah. You know, so many people are obsessed with it. It's not like he's a heartthrob particularly, yeah. but a lot of people really love him in a very ardent way. I wonder how much he, you know, whether you sort of sometimes go, I just want, I just want to. You just want to kind of from this. Yeah, no, I'm sure <laughs> not be, actually. Not be responsible and not even now, have like, that, that woman's eyes on me. Like exactly. Because <laughs> it's like all you want, it's like now, because I'm on telly and and I understand that I get stupidly giddy about people I love. I remember once being at the Granada Studios and I was up for a part in something and like Ben Kingsley walked like in the room and he was walking towards me and he seemed to me like he was walking at stupid miles an hour which was so slow and then he came like towards me I was thinking I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say <laughs> did you prepare it how much did oh, you prepare and I couldn't say, well I, I was there you. like in this wait preparing for this really big like ITV part in this thing which was brilliant and he's walking towards me I was thinking I just and then I started palpitating because thinking I don't I just want to sit him 
I love your work because I was a lector and I'm thinking, I, you need to grow up on certain people or they've inspired you. And he's like, walked, and then he came and sat down next to me on the chair next oh to me. Oh, my God. And was he, he got, up for a part in I don't know, he was up for something. It was Yorkshire <laughs> Telly then. I think he was up for Yorkshire Telly. I was thinking, wow. And he's just sat next to me, which seemed like an age before I got called in. And then... <laughs> well, you just think, with yeah, mind thinking, going blank. Just just say, oh, I've got to say something. Just turn, just turn to him and go, I really like your work. I really like, I really love you in Candy. I really, you know, and, the, and then he got up and he left. I but thought, every, every, it's funny, yeah. you're saying those things. I'm like, all of those sounds you're all of them. silly. And you just think, I, I, that you can't, I don't even know if that's going to come out exactly. my mouth. Exactly, it wouldn't. In it would the right wrong. order. Yeah. So I must have, must have thought, I don't know if I was like breathing heavy. Maybe yeah, you could like hear me. sweating through. <laughs> I didn't even think about this thing. It's a really good way of like not being nervous for the job. Yeah, I was going like, to say, you can't have been thinking about your lines. I had no clue that. I was going to be able to do that. I just wanted to just try to get your heart rate down. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got up and he left because he was his interviews, and I couldn't get it out. No, I literally I couldn't. I wonder, get it yeah, because that must happen loads as well. Yeah, and people must say really like slightly incoherent things. Yeah. to you. Well, it's just, you just become like an idiot, really. Yeah, I remember years ago I did the vagina monologues in town, and. I was one of... There's only three people in that show. So you you do it, you're barefoot, you've got black dress. Everyone get paid the same. You all share the same dressing room. And then either side, there's three chairs. So those cha- every chair moves. So I was there for quite a long time and then I went did the national tour. So I did it with Harriet Thorpe. And me and Harriet... And then Trudy Styler was in one of the chairs for a few weeks. Which had its own things. Everybody <laughs> she knows is like mega, mega. Yeah, mega, so mega. you just and it was at the arts theatre, so you just got all you know people come up the stairs, Luke Besson, Annie Lennox, <laughs> you know Charlotte Rampling, and you go, this is not usual <laughs> at all, you know, and 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 obviously her husband Sting came for his birthday. And thankfully, I have a friend who had just worked with a musician. Oh, so you had an in. Well, I had an in, but I couldn't quite. <laughs> I, uh, he he literally looks like he's made of alabaster, and like shines. He, he's just quite beautiful. I mean, yeah. he really is like beautiful man, and like a beautiful soul. Yeah, yeah. Not that yeah. I was thinking about that. When I saw him. <laughs> and then she said, "Oh, Sting's coming," to, and you go. No, I can't cope with that. And then he was in the audience. I remember he was in the audience. And he was such a, like, a lovely man. He was in the audience. And he literally looked like he'd ha- brought his own spotlight. <laughs> because, it, I I mean, it was literally like, no, we thought so it would be dark. We'll be and he just Maybe lit- he had. Maybe he had, like, you know, know, his jacket. Yeah, so underlighting yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. afford to slip out his bag. Go, this is my underlighting. That's why I look so beautiful all of the time. And he I've literally just looked like he had a halo. Wow. And then after the show, normally, because Trudy's so fabulous and she really was like the most fabulous woman, even though she lived the life of a rock star. Yeah. Because uh, like every day somebody, a PA would come and go, you know, jump or go chase you this to where if you want tonight or I'm on you to you this. And we all got paid the same. We're all sitting there, me and Harriet going, wow, <laughs> what is this? This is like a different world. <laughs> and what has Jean-Paul yeah. Gaultier sent me? Yeah. Thank you very I'm much. Not, are you not using that one tonight? Can I borrow it? <laughs> are we the same size? No, not at all. You know? <laughs> and I remember Sting coming back, like, after, after the show, coming and just standing next to me. And I was trying to, like, take my makeup off. <laughs> And he's a really small dressing room. He's talking to Trudy. And I just think, I just like literally couldn't speak or couldn't breathe. 
And we've just done God, the so show. Yeah, I wonder if they, they have yeah. people passing out in front yeah. of them all the time yeah. as well. And then, and then I said, oh, um, oh, Nithin says hi, because Nithin and Sonia just worked with him. And he says to say hi. So I had an in. Brilliant. And, and I made a coherent sentence, I think. <laughs> You, you gave some words. Some words came out in the right <laughs> Nithin. order. Nithin. <laughs> and no, he went, I'm Sting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he went, oh, great. Like that. He had a slightly transatlantic accent. He does, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And he went, yeah, because it like, you're, that's those that album you made is like really lovely. And then I kind of went, the I thought, you God, made I wish I lovely. could make more. And then he literally left the dressing room and he was halfway down the corridor. And I just couldn't help it anymore. I just literally uh, uh, screamed down the corner and went, I love your work. Like this. Because I just, I thought, you can't let, like, you must let your voice out. People you've met who are, like, fabulous. And he went, just turning around and he went, well, I love yours now. Oh, and then I just collapsed a, in a massive. Yeah, that's, that that's was a so, good response. That's extraordinary well done, Sting. Because he'd just seen me. me yeah, work. yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, my God, that's like... I'm so pleased. And that's why, yeah, I mean, because that could have gone very wrong. It could have, because I could have looked, literally run down the... Uh, and uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I love to, your to work. To that response, well, it must have been all right. Oh, oh absolutely. I and think. also... I'm hoping. No, definitely. Uh, but also, it, I, it's good that he had that response, because I reckon sometimes even the nicest of people will... Yeah. You know, not have heard or be yeah. just in a weird mood or just say something that doesn't make you exactly. feel great. Because... Of course it's great. You know, Sting, Sting loves my work. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter if, if that's the truth or not. He, he said that to me. I remember We've when, had an exchange exactly. now, you know. I remember when we did, I did uh, Thin Blue Line, first series, and I was like the first re- proper, like, lead role for an Asian woman in a comedy. Yeah, it's huge. Mainstream Sony, and who was Northern. I remember going audition for Ben Elton, and Ben had no clue that I was Northern. Not one clue. I walked in, and I said, Aya, and he went, bloody hell. I didn't know you spoke. <laughs> and then he thought it was hilarious. But remember after the first like series came out, the first episode came out against the Diane interview. It was very interesting. Oh wow. And we had something like stupid like twelve point six million viewers even out against that interview. Amazing. And then he used to send me, you know, because he knows everyone, Ben. So he used to send me like, you know, I said <laughs> I had a pager then. There was no like email. <laughs> As a pager, I had a pager for years. Your emergency acting yeah, had a pager. roles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a pager. My agent used to kind of run a pager four years after I left in 91. I had no clue. <laughs> I didn't want to fall. And I'm a very low-tech woman in the high-tech world. And just wanted... I had this pager thinking, pager, that'll do. Then no one can contact me other than the people yeah, I yeah, gave yeah. the pager. You contact them. Can, can you write that now? No. I wouldn't even Insane. know how to use a pager no. now. <laughs> I just say and he, I remember him sending me like little, not texts, because he, he has stupid, he has a brick phone even now that is like does nothing. Even now, and we've been friends now for like 20, 25 years, he still has like a stupid phone and he doesn't like to, you know, be gone, take pictures on it, nothing. I remember one, he gave me a message saying, oh, I just had a, a message from George Harrison saying, who's that Indian girl in your show? And I went, George Harrison? It's asking after yeah. me. And I said, so George Harrison has just watched me on the telly. I my said, heart's going and now, And inquired <laughs> about the Indian girl on your sitcom and said, oh, she's very beautiful and very funny. And then that's, that I was I like that you're me. doing a sort of liver puddle. You were like yeah. waggling your head yeah, there a bit. Like I was. Beetle, yeah. It was like me being Indian or me being <laughs> liver. Yeah, Indian or Beatles. It was both, I see, you know, Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> I just thought, 
the, the, what's this? Like seven degrees of separation, isn't it? Then you go, so, so if I know that he's watching that, then Paul McCartney's watching, <laughs> and all these people that that Ben knows, because he's known people for years, because Rowan, of course, was also in that, so everyone he knew, Jeffrey Perkins, who was like a god to me, everyone. And then you don't even think of who's watching you, and maybe one day we'll meet you outside of yeah. thing and go, I can't and say speak. something stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, was I love your to, work. Yeah, and even now, like being in, being in like the Hooniverse, which I am Doctor Who, and oh, you well, know, being yeah, Sarah Jane. Of... I mean, that's obsessive. House of Anubis, they're obsessive. You know, people come and they don't know. Like literally, people like burst into tears at me because I've meant so much to them in their childhood. So I try to like go, oh, it's all right, and I try not to leave them. I try to elevate them, talk about something, or which was your favorite episode, or what was your favorite like character. So I try to allay them their fears of me being. Do you think it's because you have an understanding of what it was yeah, like to be? I think so. And I, I wouldn't that. like to. Like I remember people telling stories about when people they've. I suppose it is connected to crushes because you do have a crush on those people who have meant a lot to you, mm. your, your years growing up on telly or whatever, um, or or novelists or musicians. And what you don't want is when you they say don't meet your heroes, and you think, oh, I I hope that I, when people meet me, they think I'm gracious and generous. And I yeah. always like to go to stage door, like I'm in Life of Pi at the minute. Um, I don't know when this is going out. <laughs> I'll be finishing soon. If it's like out oh, next year, I'm not in it anymore. Don't go because I won't be there oh, after September. Yes, after September. It is until January, but I'm not in it till after, after September. Don't and bother with it. So. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> if you go in February, the show's not even on at all. Um, and it, I remember thinking, you know, I go to the stage door, and I'm always, I always got time for people. And actually, I love. The stage door. I love being able to meet people because you get the feedback from the show you've just done. And especially live things, you only have yourself and you've got your ruminations and your machinations about whether you, you know, tell the story or being present. Especially in a long run. We've been doing this quite a long time now. Mm-hmm. And then, and stage door is like such a great place to get like feedback or you, you do get like fans from other. I remember someone turning up at a, at a Theatre, I wasn't even performing at actually because Dave was doing like MD in some show. Mm-hmm. I think it was Blackpool Grand. And somebody came to talk to me because they knew I was there. I don't know how. I was just on holiday with him because I wanted to go and see his show. I think he was doing a show with Denise Nolan or something because he's like, does what shows with her. And they had a folder of things, pictures of me. Oh my Stills God. that I've never seen from shows. I mean, it wasn't with a long lens, was it? It wasn't. And I, well, that's what I was thinking. How do you know I'm on holiday here? Oh, is that because you're now watching my partner? Oh God, that's a bit weird. But I was still like were going. You, were you still? Yeah, I like kind to like be all right. But it's like you know, stage door people who come. They're they. I don't. I I like them. They unless they get a little bit stalkery, you know. But what I say to them is, do you, have you seen the show? Are you going to see the show? And they go, oh. And they go like the other day. Someone went, yes. I went. No, you're not. <laughs> Doesn't, that's not that's convincing. That was yeah. bad acting. I said, but I'll, <laughs> I said, for your audacity, I'll sign it anyway, you mm-hmm. know. But I like to say, look, when, when you come and see the show, come after the show, because then you're not just taking a signature of me. You come and see the show and then come and then we can talk, you know. Because yeah. I don't like to give things, I like to think that there's a reciprocity to these things. Well, also, you sort of want to, you want it to be about your work and that they haven't made you up too much in their yeah. head or sort of decided they anyone. know you in, yeah. in some ways. And I know that there is, there's a massive crossover with crushes where you have 
chosen someone yeah. and then put a lot of But there might be like a lot of them. projection in, yeah. There's a lot of there. projection. I mean, in fandom generally, there's definitely yeah. a lot of projection. But crushes, like, I suppose when you're, crushes, like, on someone, like, in your class or, mm. you know, someone, a teacher or, like, a, I don't know, director, choreographer, anything like yeah. that. I was doing a musical with David Deal. He's another one. He probably knows though that you're in love with him. That I had, yeah, because I was on the <gasps> film. I remember thinking, oh, he's quite stunning actually. Oh my god! Like, so you did it develop, or were you? Did you have no, a no, before? no, no. I didn't. I didn't have a question before. Right. It just when he was directed, he was um, he'd written this film, The Infidel, mm-hmm. and I think it's because he's brilliant, and he's quite brilliant, and he's quite gracious. But I remember thinking, so I think somebody had asked me, you know, so I was like, oh, who do you like? I mean, I was with like, we, yeah, you were I was with, with your like partner. my partner, David. No, there's nothing like it's almost a pass the time, isn't it? Yeah, on and it's the, very innocent in all that. show because it's so. It is, you know, acting is a lot based on fantasy and creating yeah. worlds and whatever. You sort of um, and maybe it's because that's what we do. We can. We have s- such vivid imaginations in that way yeah. that we can surpass any boundaries that might be for like normal people, because we can just go down some like thing where they become everything. Because you work, we work so intensely, don't we? Yeah. Like when we work, it's like it becomes this like microcosm. That tour becomes everything. Those yeah. people become everything. You know, so you can go off in flights of fancy. I say flights of fancy, not fantasy. <laughs> flights of fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of both, isn't it? But it's just understanding. Yeah. You know, I was saying earlier about getting older and learning what they are and understanding that they are going to end yeah. when the show ends. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, all of that, and that nothing more. is going to happen and, exactly. you know, and whatever. Whereas um, at school or when, you're fir- when you first have those crushes, it is more confusing, I think. You are it's you are sort of going, God, is this this feels so strong that maybe it means something. Really maybe yeah. it really means something about That's why young love is really crushing and heartbreaking. Yeah, potent. And it feels like you're going to like like the first time like somebody you really like someone in your class and then they just don't even know you exist or they or you, but you've You've created this thing where they think that you feel the same. Yeah, and it's completely well in your head. They do feel the same. So and when they, they speak don't know like that, you yeah. and they understand you, and you've got this amazing yeah, exactly. connection, and then the reality is reality is they didn't know that I stayed like just trying to talk to them outside. No, the you did all of that homework, uh... <laughs> and then you feel really crushed. Exactly, you didn't know that side somewhere. So I don't think I ever did that. But I remember to like have been able to talk through those kind of prisms. But then, you know, the moment they don't, like, like laugh at your jokes or you just think, oh, oh no, they've, they've gone off me now. And yeah. that can be the slightest thing. Yeah. Tiniest little thing. But it's weird how that feels like a rejection, isn't it? When actually it's just you realising that they're not well, exactly. the, you know... But I suppose that's like... The in person you invented. Psych- well, I suppose, like, psychologically, it's, it's a, the notion of, like, how do we feel rejected is quite interesting, I think. And especially in our industry... They've been able to to navigate that in our industry and still have feel like you have self worth is such a part of trying to understand being an artist. Uh, when you keep going for gigs, go for jobs, and you don't get them, it doesn't mean anything about you. No, but that is totally connected with like human beings and the human condition. That what is rejection actually? What is is it more intense at certain parts in your life? Like now I'm like in my 50s, you know, postmenopausal, like going through stuff. 
you know, which is really interesting. I feel as if I'm in my, like, in a great, like, place in my life as a woman. And I'm always invariably like the union rep, like the equity rep, because I really feel strongly and passionately about socialism and stuff and Jeremy Corbyn and lots of things, actually. He's another one who had a bit of an obsession with Jeremy <laughs> Corbyn. That might have been because he was just really, like, a great human being. And re- I really, truly believe that we we could come together through somebody who felt like that about humans. Um, but I think the notion of rejection is is something that... Because we have to do... We, it's so cute to us because it's a part of our game. But actually, do we then... Are we able to navigate it more and understand it quicker? Or just we just get more opportunities to try to understand it? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like... I feel like every rejection hurts just as much as it ever did. Yeah. But the knowledge that I do recover and I can recover just is what gets you through. You see, exactly. the thing I know that I, I don't know how long it's going to take, but, you know, yeah. you know, I think it probably is quicker depending on what it is. Yeah. But you sort of go, this is, I've now had, you know, a lost big break so many times. Exactly, would not yeah. have, Even if I'd got it, would not have turned into a big break but anyway. You, it's, uh, but you don't want to get, like, indifferent or cynical about No, life. no, you have to stay rubbery, yeah. don't you? You have to stay, you have you to have stay to. rubbery. That's a really great one. <laughs> you have to stay rubbery, you know, especially, <laughs> like, in your 50s. <laughs> That's really like mega important. It's all about limbering so, up. Literally, literally stay rubbery. Stay rubbery, everyone. Um, <laughs> hashtag stay rubbery. Yeah, hashtag stay rubbery. <laughs> hashtag menopause stay rubbery. It's really interesting. <laughs> hashtag. I think we have to wrap up, I'm afraid. But your biggest crush, what's the one that you think? I think he must have been. I mean, he came to you he, pretty Very quickly. Pretty and quickly. Yesterday when I was about it, when and you spoke about questions. him very warmly. It wasn't, you know. Yeah. Him and... Um, no, it's just him. It's just him. Well, it's, it's so was it, pure, was it, Mina. Was it Tom Selleck that made oh. me think that that my geography teacher, because he looked like him? Well, I don't think it was Tom Selleck that gave you the confidence to sing. So yeah. we're going to go with Colin T- yeah. Simpkins. 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 Right, Colin, so I don't listening. know if you remember this. <laughs> no, and Colin, if you're listening, I still think you're fabulous. Oh, um, that's so and nice. And now I can call you Colin, because I'm now as old as probably you, you were, older than you were. When I had a question, you it's like some kind of strange time space continuum. So I'm doing the maths here. Do you know what this is? This uh, special weird maths no. that people did in my generation. I Are say that like uh, I'm so so much younger well, than you. I don't really know about Margaret, but she's um, ninety-two. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it probabilities? No, no it's, it, I mean I'm ashamed of how little actual maths there is in this, but there's just it's I was just say, you're doing about it with a pen and paper. L's, yeah, the L's, O's, V's, E's, and S's in yours and Colin's names. But oh I'm sorry to tell you, it's only fifty-two percent. Yeah, because but I've listen, got that's any. the good thing because you. Yeah. It sounds like you really like your partner and should yeah. probably and we've keep got giving more. him a go. We have got more of the same vowels. Actually, wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. Oh, oh can you? Shall I do it with him the then? Maths? Okay. All right. We've got One to have L. similar. We've got A's and E. No A's and O's. I's. One V, two E's, no S's. Oh, no. No, it's loads better. It's loads better. It's 70%. I oh, mean, that is go. such a good result. 70%? Yeah. And like 100% yeah. in life. And winning. <laughs> that 30%. Oh, what a lovely thing to say. Yeah, I hope he does hear it now. We've like discovered over like nearly 19 years. I think that's like... <laughs> Absolutely. Most amazing thing. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mina Anwar. <laughs> and Margaret Stay Rubbery. <laughs> <laughs>
Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. 